Welcome to Inside Groove, the only motorsports show where super modifieds are king, methanol is aromatic, and the drivers carry their balls in a bag. Inside Groove is powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Here's your host and fellow superholic, Race Chaser Media's Tom Baker. Welcome Welcome to another Inside Groove podcast. My name is Tom Baker, and I think this is episode 38 now, and we'll save uh, the usual sort of wordplay with uh, the number there and figure out how many drivers were actually ran the 38 at Oswego um, for a little bit uh, later on in the show, because we want to start right off with what I am... Uh, labeling here the coolest interview we've done so far and i and i have to say i'm doing that because i'm a little biased it's with our main sponsor jeff west is with us now uh on our special guest line and uh jeff it is been a long time we've been trying to get this together and i'm happy that we finally did first of all thank you so much for your support of the show we are very grateful for that and thank you for all that you're doing for super modified racing you've got a lot going on for 2020 and you are not um, sitting around doing nothing while we're uh, on hiatus here. Uh, work is going on on two Jeff West-owned cars. So I want to just um, let you go ahead and give a little bit of a an overview on what's going on with the two cars. You got one being built uh, at this moment that is obviously, as everybody knows, is going to be at least partially for Greg Furlong. And then you've still got uh, your other car, which has been rebuilt or being rebuilt. So you're going to have two cars this year. What's going on with, with you and your racing? Well, we've fixed the car from Classic. So it's it's rebuilt. It's just about ready to go. And uh, we're going to run Bobby in that again for Classic. And I don't know how many Oswego shows, but we're going to do a lot of uh, wing races with both cars because for me, it's just logistics. It's closer to home. Sure. Yeah, you're based out of uh, the Midwest, obviously. You've got a couple of shows at uh, IRP, and then obviously the Midwest Super Series kind of right there, like you said. Um, well, the new one, obviously, is carrying Greg's number, so that's going to be a, a 72. But Greg, as you said, is not going to run uh, all the time when that car is running. Um you told me before uh, the show here that we should, hopefully, if everything goes well, see both cars at Oswego for the first ISMA race at the end of May. Should you know? Should we be able to uh, get that in? Um, so we we know that Greg likely is not going to be in that car. So tell us what are your plans for for those cars at, uh, at that show? Our plans are, you know, to run the first ISMA show in May, as long as the world all comes right, I guess. Yeah. And then uh, uh, we're going to run, uh, Bobby's going to run one car, and then uh, Tyler Thompson is going to drive the other. Wow. Okay. So it's going to be, uh, you know, I've talked to Tyler. We did some at Chili Bowl, and I really, really, really enjoy working with Tyler and, and, this, and Jason, the whole group, and David, and they're good people, and I'm going to try to help them along here and maybe even get them in some sprint car racing out here. 
Well, so. that's uh, that certainly is exciting. So, um, so we would see Bobby and Tyler in your two cars for the opener at Oswego. And take us through what you have planned for the rest of the year. I think a lot of people are wondering what Greg's schedule is going to be in the car. Do you have that finalized yet? And if not, what can you tell us that would be a for sure? Well, so the Greg thing started out kind of jokingly at the end after I had a destroyed car, but. It came together, and Greg called me one day, and, you know, I said, I mean, that's just funny how we reunited again because I kind of got Greg into the whole super modified deal. To yeah, start it's with. all your fault. And uh, so his schedule, <laughs> you know, it's just like three, four, five races, but it could be more just all pending. You know, he's starting to get all pumped up and kind of going back to wanting to win everything again. And, uh, <laughs> and Bobby is, uh, you know, Bobby's – Bobby. Bobby's probably one of the best short track drivers or the best short track driver in the country. So uh, we've got a couple other guys out here that we're interested in, and we're just going to see what works out with Greg. It's going to be fun, and Greg agrees. You know, can't interfere with family, and just going to be we're doing it for fun. It's not a business. It's not we want to go out. We want to win races. You know, I'd like to get back in the car a little bit, and but that's not a big deal to me. My deal is just how good the cars perform. So and moving forward, but we've got a couple, some big sprint car drivers. We're looking at bringing up that way. And if we can run a swig or wing races, we're not sure yet. Wow. Very interesting. So that, um, that could, could lead in a lot of directions here and we'll, uh, We'll just kind of let you float all, float all that out as any of it would become uh, official. But um, that's awesome to maybe see one or two new guys uh, checking out the Super Modifieds. And you don't see a lot of real crossover anymore. Um, no, there's a lot of guys with interest, you know, having the cars out here. And I, I, I leave space to some of the drivers so they come over and they were like what the hell is that thing you know <laughs> and and they know when it's and it's interesting film so Kenneth Thorson uh his car owner leases from me so he and Tanner's the mechanic on the cars so he's overlooking at them all the time and he's mentioned he's thrown it out there we've had some conversation so he'd be a little wild if, he'd be a little bit of taming but he'd probably be all right and then, Tanner uh, Thorson the super Ooh. and then we've talked to uh at the PRI show, I've spoken with Cody Swanson to be wow. another, you know, secondary that, uh, you know, nothing's for sure. It's all just talk right now, but, uh, we'll see what Greg and, you know, and Tyler would be, you know, Tyler's actually my first choice anyway. So, uh, we'll see what happens if we run the other car and I don't run it. And it's, and there's a lot that could happen this year. We don't know yet. So. Well, it's interesting. And so I, there are, for sure, Santos is for sure. So and we're going to run probably a couple races of Oswego for sure. We get a little bit more time at Oswego. And good. We don't try to go in and do what we did last year, even though it almost worked out well. So Boy, did it ever. Whew. I mean, that, so, was, that could have been a really interesting race. Um, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. And, uh, you know, it, uh, but it's, it's neat to see the, <clears throat> the variety that you've got lined up, even though, even the ones you mentioned, you know, with Greg Furlong, 
excuse me, Greg Furlong coming back. That's a huge story. And, you know, obviously um, Tyler Thompson running some for you is is really a cool story. And the possibility of some sprint car races for him would be fun. And then, um, you know, to to see, uh, you know, Bobby coming back and, and doing some stuff. Uh, I know, obviously, the Lucas Oil Raceway show or shows, um, you know, Bobby, at least for the first one, is going to be there with um, Mussy running the sprint car anyway. So that would be a logical show for him to to run maybe him and Greg and, you know, in the in the two cars for that one in June. Yeah, and that's, I mean, we're going to run, obviously, Lucas Oil. That's three miles from IPC, so it's a big deal, and we're, you know, I'm I'm going to support David and, and Lori May, so, with the MSS group, so they're the group, and it's close to home, but we're going to move, I don't know for sure, I think Bobby can run both races, so that's going to be a good thing, uh, we're going to go with him as much as we can, and if we have a weekend room open, you know, if there's an open seat there, you know, I know Davey Hamilton would love to fill it too, so it, it's just going to be a, a wait and see as we go. Uh, See, seats now, go in. Seats drivers are easy, and seats are a dime a dozen. So you just slide them in and slide them out. So. Well, see, this is what we need right now with super modified racing. We need a little bit of uh, spice, and you're providing some spice here. You've got you know some interesting names that may run a show or two. Uh, you know, however it all works out, and of course, you've already got some guys that are committed to run shows that are. Uh, that are that are definitely big names as well. Um, I want to talk about IPC Indy a little bit because obviously we've been trying to do our part to promote it and let everybody know what it is and encourage people to check out the website. But you know, you're the guy who started it all. So uh, um, tell us about um, Indy Performance Composites and um, tell us tell us what it is, what it does, and who it serves. Now, IPC started out as a racing company. Obviously, my passion was racing. Um, we've moved a lot into uh, military medical supplies. Uh, we do a lot of U.S. government. Uh, we're big with NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA. So it's gone in a lot of directions that I never saw it going in. But it's uh, it's it's a cool company. Uh, it's kind of a worked out. I got a, I'm a pretty lucky guy. It worked out well. I got a lot of good people and. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. It's just, uh, it's a passion. It's like a, it's like a child that's grown from from infancy to a full grown kid now. So it's gone to, gone from one employee, two employees, thirty employees. So, wow, that's amazing. Um, okay, tell us a little bit. Um, what specifically? It, it, you say that you do a lot of work. Can you be a little more specific about the types of work, at least in motorsports? Not sure what's uh, going on in the background there, but we'll try and. Um, what what is um, what what specifically does do you guys do in in relation to the sport, and you know, even outside of the sport? Uh, we we do a lot of supply for GM NASCAR. We do all the hoods and rear deck lids and deck extensions. Oh wow! All the all the Winston Cup cars, or I don't know what they're called now, but Cup <laughs> NASCAR <Yeah>. Cup. <laughs> yeah, NASCAR Cup or whatever sprint. Or it's had a million different names. Yeah. So. But uh, that's a big that's a big business for us. Our the business was founded on some basically sprint car bodies. I mean, we do upwards of like four thousand components for sprint cars a year. Wow! 
and whether it's the outlaws, the Saturday Night Guys. Uh, we do, you know, a lot of carbon fiber. We do like Maxim cars and uh, J&J. Uh, we do all of Tony Stewart race and all the composites for them. It's so, amazing. So that, that's, yeah, it's another. That's a big. We have a big Saturday Night Race group. So a, a part of the company is just set to that direction, just to Saturday Night Racing. And some of that you can catch online. We have a catalog on, you know, mail order that goes pretty big. And it's grown way above what I thought it would be. But it's, and we do a lot of NHRA, a lot of dragster, you know, body repairs. We do a lot of our neighbors. We do Don Schumacher. We do a ton of repair work for them. Uh, wow. IndyCar, we build all the brake ducts for IndyCar. We do a lot of uh, modifications, especially work on the new car. We, we have a new process in-house. It's uh, carbon fiber printing. And uh, it's like 3D printing, so we printed all the air ducts that are on every IndyCar. It's the first time in motorsports that every car has printed parts on every car. It's incredible. So, uh, and there's an article coming out, and it's called Stratasys is our company that we uh, bought the machines from. That are that's that's featuring the the first time IndyCars all had you know printed parts, no no hand labor manufactured parts. So that is amazing! Wow, I mean, but, so, oh, such a variety of different sort of pies that you've got your fingers in with the company now. Yeah, yeah, and then it goes on to we do a lot of MRI work, uh, medical work. Uh, we have a big satellite division that we do a lot of a lot of satellites, uh, which is ref- satellites and all intelligence and reflectors they call them. So we're doing. We have a lot of just uh, custom work. We're doing a big job for Ford Motorsports. Uh, God, there's just it's endless. We just we do work for almost every one of the manufacturers, Dodge Vipers. So we do a lot of OEM work, a lot of development work. That's amazing. So yeah. it, it sounds like you can do just about anything for just about anybody, depending on, you know, exactly what they're wanting and, and you know, w- what the detail of the uh, the project is. But it's, it, it's way bigger than just parts for race cars at this point. Yeah, because IPC, and then when doing all of our military work that uh, we bring in everything that comes in is usually never leaves the building again. We do everything from building the composites, machining, water jetting, everything that stays in house. And then when it goes, we have a complete finish shop that has all the painting. It paints the camouflage, the kinks, wow. whatever that, that is coded on those things. We do everything from start to finish. So, so it never leaves IPC. Once we start a job, they usually start to finish. It never goes to an outsource anywhere so that's amazing you have come a long long way from building super modified chassis the swig of new york yeah well <laughs> i mean there was a lot learned there too so oh i'm sure a lot, a lot of good and bad <laughs> oh i'm sure but yeah like... but, it, but it was uh but a lot of business knowledge and just how to just overcome and and look at things in a different directions. I attribute a lot to that super modified race. You're not just buying parts. You're thinking about how to make it better, build it, you know, build the mousetrap a little bit differently. And here we are. 
So now uh, with the new car that you're building with Joey Hawksby, um, again, not necessarily looking for secrets here, but is, are there any any are there are there parts or different things on that car that kind of came out of your mind and things that you wanted to try or do differently, or or is this basically just um, a, you know a Hawk chassis? No, it's it's the whole back of the car is different. Uh, a lot of it's Joey. I mean, I <laughs> the story with Joey is Joey was in my wedding. Joey was a little kid. Yeah. Joey started welding in my shop. Oh I mean, wow, I, I didn't know build, that. Yeah, I used to build cars for Joey's dad, and you know, Joey. I've known Joey since he looked like Urkel. So, <laughs> yes, he <yeah>. did. <laughs> so I've known him for for a long time, and he's a. Turned it, and he's a hell of a kid and a good fabric. Not a kid anymore, he's, no. but he's a he's a good fabricator. And you know, we just got talking, and there's things that he doesn't have time for that we have the resources for that he has to take time to do. So we just it just was a perfect fit with Greg, and everything just seemed to work out. That there's a lot that I can do and help him and help me and our ideas together. You know, I've been down the road already with all the independent stuff, so. I think when we brought our car out, he was pretty impressed with what we've done with it. And it just moved from there. And, you know, I have a hundred percent confidence in what he can design and we can build and together, you know, I think we're just, we're just trying to make a little bit better deal for whether he wants to market it or not. But I'm just trying to get us a good package for a wing car and a non-wing car. Well, see, that's an interesting point, too, is, you know, you've we've seen, obviously, that there's a pretty big difference between wing and non-wing at this point with re- respect to the newer style cars, the Hawk style cars. Um, you know, are you building this car with the idea that it would somehow, because of what you're incorporating, be easier to um, to to transition from wing to non-wing or wing to tail wing or however you want to classify that these days well the way the swiggle's gone now that it's almost a wing series too yeah we can say it's a non-wing but the cars are have a lot of characteristics of a wing car now so and you know for joey thinking just things that you need to be able to you know the the main thing about this new car is going to be able to shots and spring adjustments much easier and that's critical for running different racetracks. And that's kind of what we're going after is okay. just to, to be able to run both. You know, the, the super modified in general is, I think, the whole world of super modified racing. All these guys can't, they all have to support each other if they want any of it to survive right now. I agree. So it's a it's a breed of, you know, let's do some MSS, let's do some ISMA, and everyone, let's get along and go race. And it's... It's what has to be done or it's going to all be gone. And it has to be worked through. I mean, the, the Civil War has been being fought since I was racing in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it needs, it's not ISMA, it's not Oswego, it's not MSS, it's super modified racing. So they need to, like IRP, that's a big platform to be racing on. And somehow they need to work together and figure out how does everybody support it. And then when it comes to the ISMA races and they go to Canada for that, what is it, Chuncos or J- Jacasa? Yeah, you know, guys need to jump up and support that too. Yeah, and you know, I'm glad too if we had the car together last year, like this year for sure. You know, and then uh, yeah, so we go the classic. Everyone has to support that. Everyone has to support. You know, so maybe, that's what I've been saying. 
Yeah, maybe there's some cut some schedules back and support each other and go on the road a little bit and come back and run a swig a little bit. And it's I don't know what the answer is, but uh, you know it's just a group. It has to be, or it's all going to go away. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. What? Um, I, and I've never. I don't think I've ever asked you this question. I mean, you and I were in school together, but I guess we didn't really, you know, ever become that good of friends to be talking about what each other likes or dislikes. But what got you started racing? Because it was pretty surprising to me when I saw you out there the first time. Um, what what made you decide to, to actually get started driving? How did you get interested in that? I started driving in like 79 at Fulton Speedway. So What was, were you uh, driving there? At a VW Mini. Oh, okay. I remember that class. Oh gosh. And then, uh, and my dad bought it for himself. And then he was going to die of cancer right on the spot. He was so nervous driving. <laughs> and so I did it. And then I flipped my first night. And my mother was going to kill us both. <laughs> I was driving. And she was going to get all me down cancer. Then, then I got hooked up with Donnie Wetmore, and I ran dirt modifieds from like eighty. Wow, maybe even though it's like 81, 79 to 87. I did not know that. Wow. Yeah, I ran dirt modifieds for quite a bit. I got hooked up with Wetmore and got my first modified. That might have been like 81. I was in high school still. I and had then, no uh, idea. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and then what, what, what I, uh, then I had to put show car. And Danny Wiegan, that's how I got to know Danny, and uh, got in the, and J.R. Smith has been helping my whole life, him and Jimmy and the Smith family, so okay. it's just been kind of a goofy ride, you know, and then it was my grandfather actually got me into racing in, in the early 70s when I was a, I was a big Eddie Bellinger fan, so. A lot of I those was, around, it still are. Yeah. yeah, I got jumped into that when I was, uh, I forget, with maybe 72. Okay. That would have so, been Eddie's first year, I think, 72. Yep, and, and I picked, and he had the car, he had Gibson's car with yep. the flames. And I said, I like the car with the flames, Grandpa, and that was it. So. <laughs> and then That's along with them, I got to race against them, you know, and I had some great relationships, you know. Kind of my second dad is Mark Letcher, you know. I got to know him right when I started Super Modified Racing. Mark is great. And, uh, you know, we're still good friends to, to the day, so. Well, Mark and Shirley were good people. So, and Jamie yes. and the whole family. So, yep. But, well, it's amazing where life takes you sometimes. And um, obviously, you ended up out in the Midwest. You had um, you had a short stint uh, down here in the South running NASCAR. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I did that for well, God, about about drove myself in financial ruin worse than I was. But it was uh, it was fun. I drove for uh, Dwight Hoffman. And then I did a little bit for uh, the Faxtons, and I did all right. I just didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't very fun. It was V six days. So. Oh yeah, compared, back in the yeah yeah. Compared to what I came from, it wasn't very fun. So, so then I walked through that, and then went back super modified racing. Yep. You know, and I did. You know, that's when I finally I think I did a little bit better because I said this is what I want. I'm gonna do, and got that you know the dream of NASCAR out of your head. And, you know, not ever got it out of your head, but I was wanting to do more. And then you know, I got to do a little, some modified stuff with the Cheeseboros and Georgia yep. Kent back in the day. And, you know, got to run the race of champions and ran well. I think I finished eighth that one year. And, yep. And had a lot of fun with it and, you know, just content with it. And 
and finally had kids and figured out that maybe I better figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that. Then I ended up, you know, then from that, after that, I kind of quit racing kind of young. I think I was 33. So, yeah, 33, 30, yeah, 32, 33 years old. Okay. And then uh, moved out here. I uh, worked for Eddie Cheever and, uh, well, Mitch Davis and Jeff Ward, and I started doing the IndyCar stuff, and I did that for three or four years. Uh, then started IPC in 2003. Actually had an Indy Lights car for a year or two years, a year, yeah, a year and a half, something like that. And that was another, I didn't, that was another not a smart financial move. But yeah, it worked. It worked out. Got me a lot of experience and made a lot of connections when I was working with uh, Jeff Ward, Mitch Davis, and Mitch is still a good friend of mine, and he's pretty connected in the IndyCar world. So, and that's what really kicked off IPC is connections. You start meeting people, and then sure. we got into the market. And uh, then I owned a pavement midget for what three years, and with Chuck Gurney, and we. We did a lot of winning with that. We were kind of a really small team, but we won the night before the 500. We won three in a row at IRP. Wow. So, and back in, I think that was 2008. And uh, we pretty well had them covered for uh, hauling on an open trailer. But it was uh, it was a good deal. We had a really nice piece and had a good run there. Chuck Gurney and well, Chuck started working for me in 04 and talked me into building a midget. But that's <laughs> what we did. And then, but... The good part is Chuck Ernie still works for me today. So, oh, that's great. So he's been working for me for 16 years. He's actually our shop manager now. So it's uh, been a good lot of learning. And then here we are, we're back super modified racing. But well, come full of, circle. Yeah. Um, kind of what I always wanted to do, but at some point you financially can't do it. So. Th- this would be about chapter three, I think, or, or so in yeah. that, that journey. <laughs> but the third time is the charm, is what they say. Yeah, it is so. what it is. You know, I, I have no regrets. I learned a lot. had a lot of fun. Met a lot of good people. You know, done good and bad in the sport. And now it's time to, you know, you get older and just enjoy it and give back what you can. Help out the kids and try not to make the mistakes you made and move on. Well, um, the audience would probably shoot me if I did not ask you about this um, or bring this up because it's it's so much a part of your story um, and, and a part of a, the Oswego Speedway story as well. Um, and I I had um, I had the the pleasure of watching this from the grandstand. But um, talk about the, the the '98 Classic win with Bentley because that. To me, to this day, I still will tell people, as much of a Champagne fan as I grew up being, um, that was, if somebody said, what was your favorite classic, that's it. Um, Because it was so, um, it seems so unlikely and so improbable in the way it all happened. Talk about that day from your point of view, because I know it wasn't so good for you, but at least your team won. (laughs) Well, and Bentley says this day, I'm glad you broke a rear axle. So, but, uh, yeah actually we, me and him just we were texting back and forth believe it was two old guys texting back and forth talking about it uh i guess probably thursday he just oh wow some pictures floated around the internet i shot him up to him and he was like damn that was fun and i was like yeah for you so, <laughs> but, uh, well you were smiling it, pretty brightly after the 200 was over you know uh i finished second the year before that and uh, it's, it's, it's a, you know, if, I guess 
the way it worked out is that's one that is the last classic Bentley ever will win. Yep. And, you know, that's real special to me. I know it's special to him and special to a lot of people for how that whole deal worked out. Uh, but I'm just glad that, you know, that worked out that way. It made us a little bit of a mark in a Swiggle Speedway history. And, and it was a great time of our life. It was probably, you know, the final chapter for me uh, was a good time for me to leave. That following year, I think the classic, I think I was leading the race and I got taken out by the lap car towards the end of the race, leading the race. And that's when the, I said, you know, I got nothing more to do here. So, <laughs> so you know, it just, that was, that was the end of it. And then I moved on. I think we went silver crown racing after that. So yep. I had quite a few drivers in that had success, wrecked a lot of race cars, but, uh, I took me and Pat able did it so uh you know and, and those people are still my friends you know pat's a great guy he son is son jeffrey and they're great yep. people you absolutely know, so yep it's just uh yeah and the bentley thing it's just that's i mean that's a story in itself everybody knows that story so yeah yeah but that was a, that was uh, probably one of the best days of my life so it's uh i can only imagine it's uh and, and you just never i would imagine that there are some things you probably get tired of talking about after a while but that can't be one of them because that was so hollywood yeah that was a really crazy crazy deal you know and it's a very sentimental deal because uh my grandfather was a huge bentley warren fan and he had passed away that august oh so, wow so it was a crazy crazy deal i remember when i did uh, the interview with bones god almighty it was so emotional but uh it was a it was a highlight so i remember we put the reef on his grave but that was all uh, it was a good deal it was mm. a worked wow. out yeah that was that was certainly a special day and i remember that earlier in that year i think george kent drove your car a little bit and and uh and, and <laughs> bentley had kind of it, it according to bentley he wasn't sure he wanted to run it in the classic and maybe there was some other driver that was kind of you've been talking to and i'm sure there were probably plenty but um the fact that it worked out and he called back and said hey can i and you were like yeah okay fine <laughs> let's go yeah well we had george kent lined up and i was afraid george would never make there was no way he was going to be able to run 200 laps in a super after yeah. i watched him at shangri-la that yeah about two weeks before that he went from the back to the front 10 times because he kept spinning out wrecking somebody but then he passed everybody go back and they black flag him put him to the back and they come all the way to the front and i said there was no way there's gonna be a wheel left on this race car after 75 laps if he runs it so that's when i, I called bentley and it was kind of but, and no disrespect to him because he was a hell of a driver but yeah he was god almighty didn't have the bumpers around the, the tires so well, and here's the, the, the irony of that is that, that I remember the first time George Kent got in a Super. I think it was 1974, and I think it was the last, that October doubleheader they used to have. And he was in the, the, the 59 car for Ernie and Bob June, and I remember him spinning it into the, um, into the hub rail right by the finish line. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, you, you certainly have a case there, but as good a driver as George was in Modifieds, I'm not sure his skill set translated well to the Super. Well, he would have won that race at Shangri-La if he didn't, if he just wasn't so rough. Well, I guess that was my point, is, you I know, mean, that so was fast. part of his skill set, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's just such a talented guy. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable the talent he had. Yeah. 
but it was crazy. Two so, and if you were there watching it, you were just shaking your head. I remember <laughs> Muldoon would lead, and he would go back by him. And then he, they put him to the back because he had roughed him up on the way by him. Didn't have to, but just did. <laughs> I, w- I can't so. believe Mike took to Kylie to that. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, was it, it was Mike that year, wasn't it? Or was it? Yeah, it was Mike. It would have been Mike, yeah. 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 Amazing. But, That's funny. I remember that. That was a non-wing race they ran oh, at yeah. Shangri-La. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that. I wasn't yeah. there, but I remember it. Um, that's what that's what made the car so pretty for classic because I had a hammer straight in the whole body. It was, <laughs> there wasn't a damn straight part left on it when I was done. Oh man. Oh gosh, the stories that we can tell, right? That's uh, and that's what this is all about. That's what we love about the show, and why I brought it back was to uh, to document these things for all perpetuity. And um, so there you go. Thank you for adding that one to our uh, to our list. But um, you know, it's it's great to see you uh, the success that you've had, obviously, and and great to see that you're back in the division and and you've done a lot for uh, the 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 class in your. Turn and I'm looking forward to seeing what you do this year with your cars, whether you're behind the wheel or um, just uh, helping to turn the wrenches. Um, certainly, it sounds like some fun things about to uh, to happen once we can kind of get back to what passes for normal life here. Um, sounds like you've got some fun things lined up for this year and, and some great uh, talent to work with. Yeah, well, we'll we'll keep you up to speed on everything as we as things come. You know, there's nothing fixed with us. We just it's something we want to do. It we're going to do it. So, well, we look forward to all of that, and hopefully, this will be the first of more visits to the show that you sponsor. Uh, we we'd love to have you back anytime, Jeff. We uh, we appreciate you, and um, you know, again, thank you for for the support that you give us for the show, and looking forward to uh, to working with you again this year. So uh, we appreciate you taking some time to come on and update us on what you've got planned to this point. Well, and thank you for all you do for this. So you put a lot of your time into it, too. Well, we're we're doing as much as we can here. And with that, we're going to step aside. Don't go anywhere. More of Inside Groove right after this. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math or science person. No excuses. No problem. It's not rocket science. It's my computer career. Helping people start an IT career is their thing. If you don't absolutely love what you do, go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You can start your new life as an information technology professional in as little as four months. Attend classes on campus or live online just two or three times a week to get what you'll need to start your new career. More than just a school, My Computer Career helps you get into the industry by working with hundreds of employers that hire their students. My Computer Career is nationally accredited and financial aid is available for those who qualify, including the GI Bill. Classes start soon, so go take the career evaluation now at mycomputercareer.edu. Mycomputercareer.edu. That's mycomputercareer.edu. Welcome back to Inside Groove as we pick up with episode 38. Boy, I hope you all enjoyed that. How about that for some news, huh? Jeff West shaking things up a little bit on the uh, supermodified circuit with some potentially very unique names that will get a shot to compete in a supermodified this year if things work out right. And, um, and how about that surprise for the Isma show at Oswego? A two-car tandem of Bobby Santos and Tyler Thompson. You know, I would argue that um, 
a number of years ago, Bobby Santos was Tyler Thompson. And, you know, I think both of those drivers, obviously very aggressive. They're, they're uh, both very, very uh, capable drivers. So that is going to be a really interesting thing to see those two in Jeff's two cars uh, at the Isma show at Oswego. If, uh, you know, we can get things back right here and um and get racing underway so uh excited about that and hope you enjoyed that okay so a couple of things here i wanted to talk about uh again camden not with me this week not really a lot going on uh for camden to talk about in terms of a swiggo speedway because well um everything shut down so um no registrations uh no uh no anything uh, at this point um not sure of what's going on with any fundraisers. Nobody has sent me anything to uh, tell me they're having one or where it is or whatever. Um, so hopefully the drivers that are having fundraisers, I hope you all are very successful. And of course, uh, that may also be in jeopardy at this point, uh, since um, I know they're obviously are right now prevailing uh, laws against uh, gatherings of over a small number of people so um but again if anything's going on anybody has anything to announce new sponsors anything like that real simple um just go to the inside group facebook page and hit the message uh send me a message and um we'll get it or if you're friends with me on facebook just um send me a message uh or send cam a message either way we'll all uh we'll get it and, and we'll be happy to put it on the air for you okay so a couple things uh first of all i thought this was kind of funny i was reading through the 1981 classic book the other day and you know i i love i love doing that because you know every time you read through a program you pick up something a little different or it sparks a different memory from the period in this case <laughs> i happen to see a picture here now the driver in question was at the time a USAC championship racer named Larry Boom Boom Cannon. How many of you remember that name? Surely uh, those who have been around a while will remember it. Uh, and it seems uh, old Boom Boom made an appearance at the 1966 International Classic. He arrived on Saturday morning, which would have been time trial day so he missed friday practice if they even had it back then shows up on time trial day and apparently he flipped the car down the back stretch prior to time trials was on his way home less than two hours after he arrived so <laughs> a very short <laughs> short trip to the oswego speedway for old boom boom larry cannon uh but again one of a number of uh usac drivers over the years that made uh the international classic uh, a part of their season and uh larry was um not one of the necessarily um he certainly wasn't one of the elite group of drivers but he was a very capable racer as i remember him and um so he ended up uh, not faring well at his first attempt by the way uh johnny benson won that particular classic gordy dukes baldy baker norm mackerth and jimmy champagne rounded out 
the top five in that particular event. Uh, Nolan Swift, 34th. Bentley Warren, 36th in the deuce. Um, Just trying to scroll through here. I guess those were probably the biggest names. Uh, Ronnie Wallace um, drove the Todd Gibson car, which Jack Murphy had just bought and finished in 26th. Um, had mechanical problems, I guess. Todd Gibson drove the uh, Tremble 18 car, and he also did not finish that particular classic. So there you go. A little look back to the year 1966 to the uh, classic. Maybe we'll do a little more of that on these shows as we go forward just to um, take ourselves back in time and distract us from uh, the realities of the world we live in at the moment. Uh, The other thing I wanted to do is we always go through, uh, we've started this a couple of episodes ago, and I think this is fun, and I'm really, either I am just really on my game, or we're just not, it's like, come on, folks, you're listening to this show. Um, If I miss somebody here in this category put your brains to work and drop us a comment because i want to have fun with this and i'm trying to get you all involved um i don't look these up i don't do research i just try to do them out of my head because that's the reason it's fun to me if i had to spend time researching it then it wouldn't be any fun but what we've done is we've taken the episode number and we're trying to sort of recall who ran that number over the years at oswego and i've i've limited this limited this to supers but you know certainly we can we can go anywhere you guys want with it uh the idea is to get you guys involved so you know small blocks or modifieds or (laughs) street stocks whatever you want to (laughs) do let's have some fun with this um so here we are at episode 38 now keep in mind again i didn't start going till 1973 so i don't really know out of my head too much other than jim howard i believe i remember in the 38 uh car back maybe the late 60s early 70s um might have been even a rear engine car i don't remember i seem to remember a yellow 38 i think it was jim howard um when i started going um the first 38 i remember is freddie graves and that would have been maybe 70 well it would have been the rear engine car that he had was the 38 um and then had his Roadster 38 that he built for, I think it was 1975 is when that car made its debut. I think that was uh, the year that he, he, he won a feature in that car, which would have been, I think, his second win because the first one was the one that he won in the number 37 car that we talked about last week. One of my favorite all-time Super Modifieds was that orange 37 car that Freddie and Sam Kristen, Jimmy Muldoon, and Mike Rizzo had a turn in it in an invitational race, which Mike described in his interview. I didn't know it until then. And then I happened to be looking through a program last week, and actually it was the program from the week after that. And it, sure enough, it showed Mike Rizzo 37 in the invitational finish. Um, and who else drove that? We had Freddie, we had Sam, we had Jim Muldoon, we had Rizzo. Uh, I forgot Ronnie Graves last week, but Ronnie drove it one night, uh, and then I think that was just before he bought the 38 Roadster that we're talking about this week from Freddie. So Ron Graves actually had a turn in it. Doug Sire, I know, drove it at least once, and that might have been in 73. Um, he had had a crash with his 72 car and was out, and I, he he had uh, just some 
filling rides with other folks in other cars and he i know the 37 was one of them and i think the 59 might have been another uh ernie and bob june 59 i think he might have driven that one or two nights as well uh while his car was out of commission but uh getting back to uh then uh well so i guess we'll finish the 37 car so i think the last driver to drive it was actually jim muldoon again uh might have been ronnie Ronnie Graves might have been the last one to run it as the 37, but I think Jim might have after he did one more time or a few more times. And then it went to, uh, I think, trying to remember this, I think Pat Murphy first and then Joe Hawksby or the other way around. I think Pat had it because I think at the time Joe was driving the Roy Murphy 13. And I think Joe bought that from Pat. Um, and where it went from Joe, I can't remember so there you go so uh, of course at that time when pat bought it he changed it to 05 and joey when joe got it joe senior the colonel uh he made it the 22 but uh, i think either jim Muldoon or ronnie graves were the last one to run that car as the 37 so this week we have 38 and again <clears throat> jimmy howard i re- i think i remember and i think maybe uh somewhere there might have been another 38 that i'm i am just forgetting about from the early 70s as well but then freddie had the rear engine car and he was always he had that white with a red number 38 sort of branding if you will livery paint style for uh for a while uh 74 75 73 74 75 um 76 he of course in 75 he had started driving the four-wheel drive car and Gary Albritton ran his 38 for uh, one race. I know in 75 at a Swiggle. <coughs> Excuse me. And then I believe he got back into it for a couple of out-of-town shows that year as well. At least one at Sandusky that I think I remember. So Gary did some time in that 38 car. And probably very few of you will remember, but I did just because I was so surprised to see it and was disappointed when it didn't carry through. Nolan Swift got into that 38 car. And I want to say this was maybe Port City weekend of 1976. He didn't have his new car yet, which turned out to be his last car. That car hadn't been finished yet. It was probably underway, but he didn't have it finished. He jumped in and took the 38 car out for a hot lap session. And then was expected to race it or at least everybody thought he would but it didn't happen but swifty did get in that car uh and trying to think if uh anybody else actually got in it besides freddie and um gary Albritton and swifty i think that might have been it todd gibson i forgot todd gibson drove it i think the 75 classic todd gibson raced it and here's what's interesting is as you trace the rest of the years of that car if i remember correctly ronnie bought it from freddie and then they kind of took turns driving it it was interesting for me to read in a program that i have the other day that um right after ronnie bought it the there was a picture of him i guess he had crashed it and somebody said it's a good thing he bought it when he did because uh bentley's car owner of the day dave snyder was in the pits to buy it for bentley or wanted to buy it for bentley so that that was really interesting to me and and you kind of wonder 
Well, gosh, what if that had happened? I mean, Bentley had just uh, gotten the Swift car, and so it's interesting to me that apparently at least someone, whoever was editing the program at the time, thought or had heard, again, how much truth there is to these things, whoever knows, but that Dave Snyder was looking to buy it for Bentley. So as it was, that didn't happen. Ronnie raced it for uh, a number of years. Actually, Freddie got back into it for a while. And eventually, and this is why when I pointed out Todd driving it in 75, I guess Todd bought it. eventually in the 80s and ran it as a small block car from what i read in a program and there was some conversation that either he or gene lee the one year might bring it to a swiggo and run it in the classic but i don't think that ever happened so an interesting history that that roadster that 38 roadster that freddie had um that had an interesting history and a lot of drivers interesting drivers connected to it uh there was a lot of talk about different drivers getting in it while freddie was in the four-wheel drive car um again reading through either the driver over the over that year 75 uh richie evans name was mentioned bobby stilder's name was mentioned Paige reynolds at some point uh his name was mentioned todd's name which todd ended up driving it in that classic um just an interesting uh interesting car and fun to kind of trace the history of that and think back to especially that mid-70s period when that car was particularly competitive and to see freddie beat jimmy champagne to win that feature the one night and i remember that clearly um you know that was a nice car and then of course freddie built the offset car in 38 which was the beautiful cam 2 oil car with the flames and that car uh freddie started the season in it got under 18 seconds he was one of the first uh half dozen or so to do that and he pinched a nerve in his neck or something that season i remember and ronnie got in it for a little while so ronnie drove it and i remember warren conium practicing with it one night and then because he was without a ride in 70 well, I guess this would have been, yeah, 78. Um, he was without a ride, so he he practiced with it the one night. And um, no, I guess maybe his car would have just been out of action or something because uh, he was racing. But I know it was 78 because that was the only car that the only year that car raced as the 38 for Freddie. Um, but I remember him practicing it, and I remember him saying, remarking about how much horsepower the car had. He really wanted to race it, but the race got rained out. So Warren got in it, and then, of course, Bentley got in it a little later in the season. And, and Bentley ended up, um, he only ran it, I think, one or two times at a Swigo. But at the end of the season, he ran a bunch of the big fall shows with it. Winchester and, gosh, wherever else in Michigan and Indiana that they ran. Um and uh ran thompson with it too i believe and then uh dave snyder or cindy snyder i I should say by then david passed cindy bought the car and that's uh that was bentley's next car that he ran in for 79 80 81 and part of 82 until uh until he got the have round backup car 
And, of course, uh, we all know where Bentley went from there. So that car, uh, again, I'm not sure after Bentley had it. I've kind of forgotten where that went after that. Again, if any of you are listening to this and you can answer that, please build on. I'm not. My goal isn't just to try to be a know-it-all here. It's really uh, to inspire everybody else to if i miss something or you can think of a funny story about any of the guys or those times or that car that funny or interesting um you know feel free to use the comments box um on the page on the inside group page or wherever you see the wherever you saw the um the uh however you're listening to this show just uh, throw a comment in the comments box and tell us about it but uh i think that was it for the 38 that i can remember in terms of super modifieds i think that number kind of went out of use for a good while um i mean i remember uh scotty Murs, i think had it in the uh, uh cliff graves had it uh he's the he was the next one to use it i think cliff had it and uh then scott Murs in the uh limited division was called limiteds at the time had it uh, the number 38 and but I don't recall after Cliff I don't know that we've had another 38 so uh, there you go but uh, again if I missed any <laughs> drop it in there um, I think you know this kind of thing to me is a is a brain challenge and it and it gets me thinking about the old days which is always cool um, so there you have it there's your uh, there's your history of the number 38 as best I can tell it. I'm sure if I went back to the 50s or 60s programs, um, you know, we'd find a number of them, but that's not really my thing. If any of you want to jump in with that who were around at that time, please feel free to do that. But um, again, I like to do these out of my out of my head just to uh, make myself work a little bit. And it, it just provide it makes it more fun for me than to try to actually research it. So uh, that's really all I got for this week. There isn't a whole lot going on in the supermodified world right now, but I think we sufficiently dropped one or two really interesting nuggets in the beginning of the show with the Jeff West interview. Um, and again, I, I think all of us need to just keep praying that um, the country will be okay and that we can slowly start to come out of this. Um whole situation with the virus uh certainly praying for all of y'all in oswego and canada and everywhere um we're doing well down here uh you know we're i don't think north carolina really at least to this point has been one of the more uh trouble spots if you will but um you know we're doing all we can fortunately i can do a lot of my work from home and in fact i'm actually recording this from home and um you know i can be in the studio when i need to to do the live radio shows and um you know and be here most of the rest of the time so i'm thankful for that and feel blessed for that but uh you know certainly i'm not letting it scare me or worry me uh just you know i feel like god's in control and that's my personal belief and he will he will get us out of this and get us through this and we'll we'll all be racing again soon enough and um gosh i hope that we go fill the grandstands once we uh, are able to start because these tracks are going to need every single race fan they can get um you know they the ones that try to still pack a full season in somehow i wish them well uh you know we hope that certainly oswego and 
Isma and the MSS uh, series can all run their full seasons and you know nothing starts before uh, the end of May anyway so hopefully by then super modifieds will be able to just go racing and not have to miss anything so with that I want to say thank you again to all of you who support the show and listen to the show it was a great time talking to Jeff finally that man has so much going on it was really incredible for me to hear the depth of what his company actually does I did not know about a lot of that and it's really incredible to be honest um you know him and uh him and his team have built a, a great business and you know he and Lori have raised a great family with uh, some really uh, well-mannered and well-respected and and very successful young young kids and um I'm sure we're going to be uh, hearing and seeing more about those kids, especially I think Noah's going to be a pretty good, I think they're all good hockey players, but seems like Noah has, uh, certainly has some real talent there. So, um, and they may all have talent to, to hit the pros. Who knows? That would be really fun. But uh, thanks again to Jeff uh, for his time. Thanks to all of our sponsors. want to thank Sean Cathcart, and the folks at Skip's Fish Fry, and also say a special thank you to Rich Worth uh, and JNS Paving, and I thank them not just for what they do for this show, but for what they do for Oswego Speedway and Super Modified Racing as well. Please, please, please support those businesses. And I'll have a new, uh, new one to tell you about on next week's show. Um, so looking forward to that as well. Until then... I wish you all to be safe and well and wise in how we deal with uh, this situation that we've got going on in the country and across the world. And uh, looking forward to catching all of you next week on episode number 39. Get to work. Who drove the 39 at Oswego? Get to work, folks. <laughs> 39 coming up next week. And uh, looking forward to that. Have a great weekend, everybody. For Camden Proud, I'm Tom Baker. Again, thanks for listening. So long. You've been listening to Inside Groove, powered by IPC Indy, creating performance parts and solutions for the automotive, aerospace, and communications industries. Find them on the web at www.ipcindy.com. Inside Groove is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of this show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.